All right, we're we're in, we're gonna look at real quickly. We're just gonna be real real brief, um, uh, just real brief uh, pointed message. Uh, we're gonna look at Daniel chapter one. Um, no, we're not looking at prophecy uh, uh, in Daniel chapter one. I'm definitely not um, qualified for for that. But what we're gonna look at is just the decision that Daniel and his three other companions made and and did not make. As well, uh, uh, and how we, you guys, and myself, especially those in here who profess to be believers, how we too can make this decision, particularly during the summertime. Because this is what usually happens, right? When you're on a break, you know? Like when I go on vacation break, I want a break, you know? Like I just, you know, I don't want anyone calling me, don't send me any emails, you can send it, I won't check it. Um, you know, because I'm on a break. I don't want to see anyone besides my lovely wife. Um, you know. <laughs> no comment. Um, no. Happy wife. Happy life. All right, you guys remember that. Happy. See, I got I to write that down. I can never do that. Happy wife. Um, so, but no, seriously, I just want to break. Honestly, I want to break. And, and sometimes I just want to break from things that I should do. Sometimes I get, a, I, got, I get a little lazier than normal, so I don't wake up as early. You know, I'm like, oh, I can do my quiet time later during the day. Sometimes it never happens, you know what I mean? It's just like because I'm on break, you know what I mean? It's like I just want to relax, kick back. Um, don't worry about anything. I don't have to turn into work. I don't need, you know, it's just. But I feel sometimes we also want to take a break from our Christianity. You know, it's like, hey, and, 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 and this, and this is why I want to challenge you guys and myself over this summer break, and not only just for the summer break, but to, but to maybe allow this summer break to be that, um, to be that stepping stone to, to, to a lifestyle of not taking a break from your Christianity, of not compromising um, so easily uh, against the standards and the morals that um, you've received from your parents, um, that you received from your Sunday school teachers, um, that you received from here at Calvary, and that you receive on your own as you, as you read through the Bible, uh, to not just throw it aside um, uh, when pressure comes and when those moments come what when those movements come, that will try to persuade you to compromise on your standards. And so what I'm going to do, um, you can follow along is Daniel chapter one. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read uh, 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 through it. Um, then we'll um, open up a quick word of prayer and then we'll begin. I'm reading from a New Living Translation. Um, it's really it's an easier read. Uh, so just just follow along. Daniel chapter one. As I, as I read through, try not to fall asleep because I know I have that radio voice. I see you. During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God so Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. 
Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of his staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. And here's what Nebuchadnezzar is saying. Select only strong, healthy, good-looking young men, he said. That last part is my emphasis. No, that's all right. That's <laughs> translation. Make sure they are well versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. That would not be me. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. Yeah, because I'm just that smart. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. Stare at me. They were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belshazzar. I probably did not pronounce it. Belshazzar. Belshazzar. How do you say it? Belshazzar. All right. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta fix my face and say it properly. Daniel was called Balthasar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael, Mish, Mishael was called Meshach. Azariah, stared me, stared me. Bring it back. Bring it, bring it. Thanks. Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and the wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Thank you. I like that. Now, God had given them, the chief of the staff, both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I am afraid of my lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I am afraid the king will help me be at it. And kings used to behead people just if they looked at them strange, you know. Off is it, yeah? Verse 11. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, the SMA diet. Daniel said, (laughs) at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for ten days. Now, at the end of the ten days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. Verse 17, God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. When, yeah, they were. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and no one impressed them as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, 
he found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus. Father God, thank you for tonight. Uh, there's a lot that's going on in, in verse 1 in this book of Daniel. Uh, I just pray, Lord, that the item that I uh, feel that you have pressed on my heart to communicate uh, would resonate clear um, uh, tonight. hope you will challenge my heart as I present it and prepare our hearts to receive it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So there's a lot going on in chapter 1 that I'm not going to address. But what I want to address is what happens in verse 8. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. Growing up, we all receive instructions, right? Some are absolutely ridiculous. Like, like a friend comes to you and says, hey, let's run across the street as fast as we can, not looking left or right. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, so it seems like, okay, you know, <laughs> you know you're like, okay, right? Or, or if you remember at home and your cousins came over or your next door neighbors came over or your friends came over from their, their house, right? And you, and you go to the kitchen, into the kitchen, you turn off the stove top and, and you're like, hey, you know what? Let's see if you can put their hands in the fire long enough before pulling it out, right? It's just like, just like silly, you know, this never happened to any of you guys? No, only me? <laughs> not, not the stove? Alright, so, so growing up, we receive many instructions, many suggestions to do things that are absolutely ridiculous. But also we receive some instructions that are wise and very noteworthy, right? Like growing up where your folks would say, hey, just don't talk to a random stranger on the street, particularly if you don't know them. And if, you know, you feel like threatened by them, right? Or, um, or when you do cross the street, like look both ways. But I like that's gone. Like today, people just cross the street, and they don't care if you're coming or not. You know, like I'm afraid to hit them. I'm just saying that this is something that I struggle with. I'm just trying to be transparent. So you guys don't think, oh, Michelin has it all together. I don't. Um, but sometimes we really don't understand why we receive these instructions. Like, why do our parents tell us these things? Why do we hear from our Sunday school? Uh, particularly as believers, why, why are we giving so much instruction on how we ought to live morally and, and what standards we should have and how we should not compromise? And, and sometimes we don't get to truly understand those things until we are in the midst of being challenged or in the midst of those things being challenged. Um, as we read in chapter 1, we see that Daniel and his friends uh, or his companions have been captured. And... What I want us to see is that God is in control of your God's sovereignty, his unlimited power and control over everything is is all through just this 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 first chapter in Daniel. We see in the beginning in verse one where he is the one that gave King Nebuchadnezzar. He's the one that gave King Nebuchadnezzar the victory uh, 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 over King Jehoiakim. We see also that he's the one that gave the chief staff, uh, uh, favor for Daniel. And then later on, we see also how uh, he honors Daniel uh, uh, and his three companions with just this incredible ability to learn, and then Daniel, this special ability to interpret uh, dreams and visions. So we see in this, because what I want us, there's one question I have, and, and the one question is, when you find yourself in a situation 
right? Not like Daniel, because no one's going to come and knock on your door and pull you out and put you into like a slave camp, hopefully, maybe in 30 years. But hopefully, right? But you, most likely, we're not going to experience this. Most likely, Cuba is not going to invade um, the Bahamas, right? Okay? Because we will fight them with our conch shells. You know what I'm saying? We will throw our exploding conch shells at them, and, and we will fight them, right? But no, like, right? We, I really don't foresee the Bahamas being invaded by, by, by anyone um, except the Chinese. Um, it, what? Is it, it already happened? It doesn't take over. Uh, again, I have love for the Chinese people. I just thought that would be funny. Again, I just disclaimer. All right. Um, as long as they keep cooking. As long as they keep cooking. Just keep cooking that good food, and we're good. <laughs> what? I am. I know we just ate Chinese. I am. You know, we just. We just I mean, we just ate Chinese food. This one. Boy. Boy. We just ate Chinese. Wow. So this is what they do at YouTube. Um, but no, but I'm sure you possibly, possibly, maybe, have found yourself in a situation where you're with a group of people and something said or done or suggested and you know that it compromises your faith. You know that it compromises your standards. So what do you do? What did Daniel do? In verse 8 we see, Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. Now, we don't see any account of it saying Daniel and his companions were like, hey, we don't want to learn your language and your literature and, 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 and what all that entails with your culture. Um, and, and so... You know, we can speculate, but we don't know why they didn't really say they had any uh, opposition to that directly. But why was they so opposed to this eating the food, them defiling themselves? And um, that's definitely a part of it. And the thing is, the big thing, um, as I, I'm telling you, this guy's going to be just going to be uh, very, very short. As I come to, as I, as I wrap up, I told you guys. Um, see, so you gotta stay with me. If you don't stay with me, it's gonna before you know. All right. When we read, when we read, stay with me, stay with me. When we read, when we read Daniel, or when we read any story from the Bible, right? We see the beginning, we see the middle, and we see the end. And sometimes we feel that the people who've gone through that experience had that same exposure, like they knew what was going to be the outcome, you know, but they didn't. Like, Daniel didn't know, hey, um, you know, God is going to have favor for me. Maybe he prayed for favor, but he didn't know that that was going to happen. You know, it was a test that uh, 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 he, was, he was led to do. Um, but he didn't know what the outcome was going to be. He didn't know that God was going to bless them with incredible ability to learn the, the information that was presented to them. Um, he didn't. King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to fully immerse uh, these young men, particularly uh, from these foreign nations, into the culture 
of the Babylonians into the, uh, the, the language and the literature of the Babylonians or the Chaldeans. And he just wanted to fully uh, assimilate them to this new culture, uh, to his, you know, world, world order. And, and we see Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah making a stand. And, and why I want to make an emphasis on this, like I started before, this summer, there are so many pressures that you guys are going to face, so many pressures that you guys are facing now, and it's so easy when there is a summer break, when there isn't a regular, uh, uh, indirect, accountable movement in your life, whether it's a Friday night um, or, a, or a Sunday morning, um, Sunday school service, you know, or whatever it is, it's just so easy to just check out and just be like, okay, you know, it's break time. Summer, you know, school is over, no ignition, uh, no slam, you know, it's cool, you know, I can just let my guards down, I can just do what I want to do. And, and if you have that mindset, you know, Satan will use those, those, those opportunities to try and trip you up. And, and if you don't purpose even now to say and to make a resolve that you will stay firm in your faith, that you will honor your standards, when a situation comes, whether it's your girlfriend saying that, hey, you know, you, you made up with so-and-so yet, and you're like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm saving myself. And they're like, you know, you're strange. Saving yourself for what, you know? Um, or, or you're hiding with your friend. It's like, you know what? I just I need to have a smoke, man, because Bakwa just makes me feel so so good and mellow. Like, like just all my cares uh, washed away, you know? Um, or, hey, come over, my parents are not here, it's summer break, they went away, or, you know, let's, let's hang out, you know, it's just, you know, just gonna be us, and you come over, you know, there's other, either, there's either other guys there, or other girls there, or there's alcohol there, there's drugs there, and, and what do you do in that situation? Do you absolutely check out because, hey, I'm on break? Or do you make that stand, uh, because of the morals and standards that you've received, and that you've purposed, particularly as a believer, uh, strive to follow? Um, Daniel didn't know what God was going to do. But what Daniel did know was that he must obey, that he must honor the guidelines and morals that he received from God through obedience. The big deal with eating the food, you may be like, so what's the big deal, eating the king's food? But back then, but back then, just real briefly, eating a meal together with another person was like signing a contract. It was, it was making an uh, alliance with that person. A lot of times, alliances were confirmed and uh, over a meal. And, and the other major thing was that they don't want to file themselves because, you know, Israel was go- is God's chosen, chosen nation, his chosen people. And God gave the Israelites, I'm sure you've heard this many times, specific instruction guidelines to set them apart from the pagan nation. So there's certain things they shouldn't eat certain things they shouldn't do, all to set them apart from their neighboring pagan nations. They're supposed to be a people set apart for God. So some of these meals from the king would either be meats that are either offered up to their idols, or would either been prepared in a way that they shouldn't even eat them, right? Because even some meats that they could eat had to be prepared a certain way. They couldn't have blood in it. So those who like like medium rare steaks, like that's no, that was just what wasn't happening, right? You know? Uh, right? So there's certain things that need to be prepared a certain way that they couldn't eat. And they didn't know where this food was coming from. And then beyond that, to tie it in with, if they do eat this king's food, 
that one will defile their bodies, that two will symbolically, symbolically uh, represent an allegiance with King Nebuchadnezzar, then basically they'll be turning their backs on God. Basically they'll be turning away from their morals and their standards that they have received growing up. And so, so that's why Daniel was like, whoa, 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 you know, just back up that king's food and wine. You know, you know, we can't defile ourselves with that. He made that stand um, amidst the pressure of the other young youths there, pressure of, that's the king. It's King Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, he could just kill them. Okay, you don't want to eat my food then? You know, I'll kill my chief of staff first and then I'll dispose of you guys. So I'll just send you to somewhere and just work in the fields or whatever. You know what I mean? What, he could have done anything. He, he was their ruler. Uh, in that sense. So what I want you guys to remember, what I want us to remember is that in the midst of your determination to uphold your standard of your faith, um, remember that God will also honor you as you purpose to honor him. And it may not be like the way you expect it to be. Because you guys remember the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Everyone was supposed to bow with the sign of the trumpet and stuff like that. They refused to. You know, then they were asked again to bow. They refused to. Then they were confronted. You remember what they said? You know, they said, we will never bow at the sound of the trumpet. And, you know, we have no fear of the fiery furnace. You know, we're fully committed and convinced that God will protect us. And even if he doesn't protect us from the flames, we still won't bow. So you don't know what God is going to do. When you honor him. Would you do know that he will honor you as you purpose to honor him? You just don't know how that's going to be. But that shouldn't determine the fact that we purpose to honor him. We purpose to not compromise our stance and our faith regardless of the situation. Because in 1 Samuel 2.30, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it. The last portion says, but I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think lightly of me. So my question to us today to you, to us, will we resolve to honor God this summer by not compromising on our standards, by not compromising on uh, really God's standards, God's morals for our life, and the guidelines that God has given us. And not only for just this summer, but would this be a stand we take for every single moment of our lives? So, whether it's this summer, the starting of a new year, school year, no compromise. Make your stand, purpose to honor God, and he will also honor you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, thank you for uh, tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, for these stories, and, and that they're not just stories, but they're the actual events that uh, that you have chosen uh, uh, to to record for for our sake, so that we can learn um, from them, uh, so that we can be uh, uh, taught by them. Um, I, I just pray, Father, that um, for me and from the adults here to the teenagers, that we have purpose to to honor you with our lives, uh, that we would not so easily compromise on your standards that you've given us, the morals that you've given us, your word of truth and how we should live. Uh, I pray that we would make war uh, uh, against compromising 
and I pray that we will trust you to give us the strength to, uh, to overcome. And so in your name, we give you praise and thanks for today. Amen.